Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian, here with everybody in just a second. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about FTX. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. You can download the FTX mobile app. You can trade directly from one asset to the other. You can also track your portfolio, as you've known and loved since 2014, and earn yield on your tokens. Up to 8% before $10,000 and 5% beyond $10,000. You can do it on the FTX app. Thanks to them for being our partners. Don, you're on top of my screen. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Just had like my midday nap because I'm getting <laughs> old. <laughs> but beyond that, that, good, yeah. Um, I mean, like market-wise, getting a little bit ugly in my opinion. But we'll, we'll let you get to that. Josh, how are you? Yeah. I'm doing fantastic. We're here. We're live for the replay oars <laughs> who missed us on the stream. Not much has changed since Friday for me. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, Luke, welcome back, buddy. Back from the land of the living dead, post-boxing. Back, <laughs> back and, and honestly, <clears throat> you know, in crypto, it takes a while to get caught back up. I feel like I'm kind of caught back up, and it might be the top of the market. So it's uh, I'm happy to be here, <laughs> or yeah, you, potentially the top. Do you know if you were concussed or not in your boxing match? I've had a lot of concussions. I don't think I was concussed, um, only because my head would probably still be hurting. But I did get hit in the face a lot. I, it was it was a fun fight, but Dude. it's uh, it's one of those things that you do once or twice, and you're like, God damn, I'm so happy I don't have to do that for a living. <laughs> uh, we were talking about it uh, after after the match. I felt like you were the most like technically capable boxer of everyone there. Barney was just like straight out of Peaky Blinders, though. Like, like just his his ranginess and uh, scrappiness. Bro, that's but racist. I, that's racist, bro. How is that? It's Britishist. Uh, but yeah, man, you looked great out there. You did a nice job. It was uh, by decision, but I don't know. You got a lot of you got a lot of contact and a lot of points, but didn't go your way. Were you surprised, or did you think it was going to go that way? I was pretty shocked um, just because, like, we were kind of keeping score in our corner. And then, yeah. you know, I had uh, spoke to the other fighters there. But it is what it is, man. I don't know. Maybe they got the corners wrong. I have no idea. It was uh, it was fun as hell, though, dude. I would I would definitely do it again. But, my God, I want to wait, like, six months or a year. I'm uh, quite quite happy sitting, not doing two-a-days workouts anymore. Yeah. Well, welcome home. Was your family, one last thing, was your family, like, you're freaking crazy for doing this? Or what did they think about it? Uh, I mean, my dad thought it was kind of cool. Uh, my mom said she didn't want to watch and, um, <laughs> my brother was in my corner. So awesome. Know. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, is size Chad, your brother size Chad was not my brother. Size Chad was right next to my brother. Uh, okay. <laughs> the other guy. um, awesome. yeah, man, it was fucking insane. I mean, Dubai was great. Uh, is a huge amount of CT people in there, but, um, but yeah, I just hope it's not the top cause I'm back at my, at my charts and things are looking a little sketchy. Yeah, well, mm. Don's sitting here pointing at something that I guess could end up being some kind of lower high. Don, you want to give us a market uh, update, kind of where we're, where we've been? Yeah, I mean, high time frame still looks good, right? Can't complain with like the weekly looking like it does. Um, that said, the low time frames are starting to look kind of shit to me anyway, which, um, yeah, I don't like to see. Uh, because like these kind of setups, how they play out, right? You get like a push to the high, you put in a higher high, but it doesn't really do anything. 
And then you get like a pump, like a weak pump back to the first high and find resistance there. And that's kind of like how it looked like to me to uh, this morning. I was like, okay, I could see this being a short, but given given I don't really short anymore, I'm just going to sit it out and hope I'm wrong. And uh, now it's pulling back. And I think like if we lose 64, I could easily see this breakdown towards like 56. And then we have to pray that that's the wick. Um, and it pushes up immediately again. Otherwise, it looks really, really bad to me. So I'm still positioned for upside, but I'm starting to get a little bit worried because like that's been my my mantra for the last month, basically, that I'm not worried, just looks good. I'm starting to get worried with this. Like it needs to have some follow through to the upside. And I this is not it. So it has to kind of push back or like at least hold this support. Um, in the next few days and then maybe looks better but right now i'm not convinced josh are you interested in providing a counterpoint or yeah i mean so so friday we talked about how this thing uh is still close to price discovery we need volume we have no follow-through up here i'm not any more concerned than i was friday Mm -hmm. which is like not super concerned at all um even if we drop 15 20 percent I still think we're fine for what being on the, track. Yeah. What was the number we had talked about? Like 48 to 52, basically there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yeah. Um, which, well, that number might sound crazy to people who are like, what <laughs> <laughs> you're taking long at the 15% drawdown. I mean, I'm not long from up here. That's the thing. Like if you're concerned about this, just close out your positions and see what happens. Right. This is a little very much wait and see game to me. I don't think it's a short, not at least, what I want to be doing up here. Um, 54 is the uh, cloud key June level, but I, I'm, you know, I'm not concerned at all. My, my biggest concern is the Dixie rising, which continues to push up. It makes no, no sense to me. Gold is rising. All these risk off things are rising. And um, that I think is the most problematic for us in Q4. Luke, now that you're back in the seat, do you feel anxious or are you, fairly confident in the market right now? Uh, I don't think confident is the word. Um, I, I do think that 55 to 52K area, I mean, that drop, uh, Josh, I like how you worded that. It wouldn't scare me either. Um, I think that would make the chart look a lot less kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, this slow grind up that ETH has been doing as well, Bitcoin's starting to mimic it. I don't know. I'm certainly not excited to trade it, but I'm not too worried about the bull run or anything like that. I think you have to also think like what, for people, for people on the sidelines, what are they waiting for? I think they're waiting for higher highs or they're waiting for a dip buying opportunity, right? I don't think anybody is looking at this chart thinking, man, I can't wait to just keep shorting it all the way to zero. Um, well, I'm sure maybe I'm wrong. some like Majin style character out there that's wanting to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, not, but ra- not rational people. I don't, I don't think rational people would look at this and think it's just like a screaming short. But well, yeah, I don't think it's a screaming bear market, and there's still other stuff that's doing well. Uh, I haven't looked at FTT today, but there are a lot of like exchange tokens that are doing well still. Uh, there are a lot of like other stuff moving around. I haven't looked at Seoul either today, but it's um, you know, alts are going to do way worse on the downside than BTC will if we do drop like like always. So just be prepared for that as well. Have some low bids. I think I still have bids on Seoul at like 220. I don't know what it's at now, but. One of the things that I've um, seen a good amount of when 
we have these uh, choppy ranges or like these initial kind of large drawdowns is that we chop around and kind of go backfill that um, before finally doing uh, the real move. Um, and here was another example in October where we had this wick down and then just kind of danced around, finally kind of got people shaken out and then moved up and then just like faded again and chopped sideways. And I just think this is probably the most likely outcome again is we get people scared now and then we just end up doing this, you know, and we're like here the rest of the week. Um, well, yeah, it's like, what are people waiting for? For It feels as though more people are waiting for something to happen than wanting something to happen. Um, so they're either, they're either concerned with OI or funding or whatever. Uh, and if that needs to be reset with the down move, so be it. Um, and maybe those people will finally buy with vigor. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, sometimes you have to go down in order to get a healthier push up. So like if everybody's kind of already in, if there's nobody on the sidelines that's going to like thrust you higher, then you kind of need the liquidity from going down. And especially to get the liquidity back into the majors. I've talked about this frequently is like if everything is going up together or like moving together, it makes it way harder for um, the primary assets to go up a lot. Like the best liquidity for Bitcoin and ETH is to come from like other altcoins. So if if you're getting a move on AVAX and you're getting a move on Solana and, you know, a bunch of that stuff, it makes it harder to get the uh, like strong move with Bitcoin. And it the market would, I think, be healthier if it, the liquidity could be concentrated into a single asset. I just my my concern with that is um, <laughs> we never we haven't been getting that very much. You know, like it seems like people immediately hit the risk curve as soon as. Uh, as soon as the market feels like it's not scamming. Yeah. ETH has been very much a free ride for sure. So of many, many of these altcoins, for sure. I don't even count ETH in that, in that category though, you know, like sure. It's been like ETH has been pretty, uh, pretty up only since July. Like there was, there was some diciness in September. Um, but basically ETH is a major in my mind at this point, it's acting like a Mm -hmm. major. Whereas the ones I'm more concerned about are like all of these other other altcoins that are still up significantly. Um, yeah, I don't know, Don. What do you think? What do you think about the liquidity fracture amongst all these all these coins floating up together? Yeah, I agree with you. Like it's much much harder to pump the entire market than it is to pump Bitcoin and ETH. Um, with regards to ETH, like we've been walking up this like trend line thing or like i mean i wouldn't even like draw a trend line i'd just say okay it's like trending up with like just steady higher higher lows and higher highs um but that's looking like it's starting to curve out to me too and um that's not necessarily too bad like if it starts crashing it um let's put this off lock like if you have like something like this and it starts rolling over and then wicks like low and then goes up that's actually like quite good for an acceleration um, but still, like this looks like it's starting to roll over, um, with, which would kind of confirm like my like short term worry for Bitcoin. Like I'm not entirely worried about the trend. Um, I'm also worried that we could go to low 50k's ish, and I think that would kind of do this to Eve as well, where you get like a rollover effect. 
Um, but yeah, I'm like not positioned for it, but I'm, I'm starting to like see that the momentum's kind of running out. It feels like, I mean, just look at the last weekly candle that we've had on Eve. That's not necessarily candle you want to see after like a massive breakout, right? It's not something that is really terrible because you can easily wick down to 4k, um, retest that level and then head back up again. Um, but it does have me like pause for a second. And in general, like what we've seen in the old coin world is that like the, the dino coins, I mean, TRX is pumping right now. Um, <laughs> oh, God. We've talked about these before. Whenever like Litecoin picks up, Litecoin pumped, TRX pumped, um, Zcash pumped uh, just a little bit, but still uh, whenever these move, it's, it's getting to a point where people are like, okay, what can I like punt? that hasn't moved yet. And that's usually like at least um, a, a good sign for like a shallow pullback. And we haven't gotten one yet, uh, still quite high up. So I don't know. I feel like we're probably going to see a pullback um, in, in the market as a whole. And I hope I'm wrong because I'm not positioned at all for it. So, you know, one of the things I find interesting is looking at funding, um, Ethereum funding is like very under control. It's not out of out of control. Uh, like, it's not very expensive to be long ETH. Um, it's fairly expensive to be long Bitcoin, and we've maintained that for a while. Um, and what's a little concerning on a time like this is that when we're down this morning, it's not like being affected dramatically on the predicted funding either. Um, but I look at ETH BTC. And I mean, once again, this looks like it's just hammering the top side of this consolidation that it's been in since yep. May. And I don't know. I keep saying this, but like, other than this one moment where it looked like it just was pip like looking for downside, I just don't see a lot of reasons to be bearish ETH on the BTC pair. Um, <clears throat> it, it could fall down, but it looks like you know, it'd probably get picked up again by 0 0.065, 0 0.066, something like that. And yep. this just looks, it looks like it wants to push the highs, like 0 0.1 plus. Um, yeah, it looks amazing to me too. Yeah. So if you if you get outside of the dollar pair, if you, if you even compare it to what you're looking at right there, um, on that weekly, was that 60K? So if, if Bitcoin... That's only like seven, eight percent down, you know. Yeah. Um, and if ETH went to, let's say, like four K, like pierced four K to its weekly highs, um, you could see something like that where it shakes people out from higher margin positions. You know, you get ten to fifteen percent out, and then uh, the majors recover out of there. That would be an ideal scenario for like market upside to me. Is you get a strong, kind of quick retest of those areas and then off you go yep ledger i'm glad you brought that up eth bitcoin because dom when you were looking at the dollar pair it's like that is one of it's just a scary chart to look at when there's nearly no volatility it's just going up and to the right it's it's impossible to trade but then you have eth the bitcoin pair i think it looks great like i think a, a you know that's a, that's a, um that's objective like it's it's hard to say that chart does not look good um, those highs are, in my opinion, going to get taken out, even if it's just a fake out, who knows, but I'd be surprised not to see ETH get above 0.08. I don't know if it happens, you know, this year or first quarter next year, but that's what it looks like. 
how do y'all think that this, something like that could play out? Like, are we on, is this, is, is this Ethereum hopium or do you think this is 1559 burning mechanics playing out or what? It looks like an ascending triangle. It looks like a bullish uh, bias flag, something, whatever. Like that's undeniable at this point. I think it, it had a chance to break down and didn't at that Adam and Eve shape, that double toffee shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and it bounced where it needed to. So I think it looks fine. And then, yeah, I mean, the, the thing with 1559 is you've got that, which is great and cool and awesome. But at the same time, fees are so high still. Yeah. And what made ETH so positive and popular is that it was cheap to do everything so it's this yin and yang between yeah we're at one percent inflation or less and we're locking up stuff in 2.0 and all this other stuff uh, but at the same time a lot of people are just using other chains because they have to you know i i physically groan every time i have look at the gas prices and i'm like well i guess i just wait or don't transact and that's not a good feeling um that may or may or may not matter this cycle but it's going to catch up with eth eventually yeah, it always does. I hate like that the fees are way too high. And I mean <laughs> that, like the New York City apartment guy. <laughs> yeah, I also just want to say <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Um it, it's uh, super, super annoying. It's kinda like whenever the fees get so so astronomical on Bitcoin and ETH, I get worried in general. Um, but it has been quite high for a long, long time now. And that's not been leading to ETH PTC weakness. So I could see that push higher as well. Like I could see us easily go to 0.085. Uh, anything above there, I think it's going to be like a little bit of a struggle at first. But I could see that. Uh, I still think we're kind of in this large range between 0.05 and 0.08. Um, and uh, yeah, when it does start breaking out, as long as it doesn't just fall like flat on its on its back again like if it does fall back that starts looking really bad but until that happens i think this is something that you would have to treat with a bullish bias like it makes no sense to me to be bearish this on the macro scale given that bitcoin had one of its strongest runs yet and mm-hmm. eve outperformed the entire way like that is a showing of strength that you don't really see um too often especially not in crypto over like this long of a period and I wouldn't want to fade that on a macro scale. Um, whether like you want to trade in that direction on a micro scale or something else, but uh, I think it makes sense to kind of target higher. If, you, if you're an investor and if you're a trader, I mean, it makes sense to kind of look for dips to buy, in my opinion, on the relative pair. It's just like Luke said, like, how the fuck do you trade this EFUSD chart? <laughs> like you, you don't. Like there's nothing that you can trade there other than like just buying every single dip into support. And that's what's been happening, right? Like look at this. You can actually see like where people stepped in every single time. And you can see why I'm getting worried on this as well, right? Even on a horizontal basis. Because what happened was yeah, the breakout, you retest the support, you bounce up immediately. You retest that high, um, that support again, breakout immediately, and then you retest it again and the behavior changes a little bit, right? One, the breakout is a little bit weaker, and two, you immediately return back to that support. And um, whenever that happens, I, I pause because like this is like legitimately a move like this. And that can only really end in, in one of two ways. Like either it pumps and goes parabolic or it completely liquidates a bunch of people that like over leveraged in this. And right now it looks like it wants to liquidate people to me. Um, 
Yeah, we're hitting so, it pretty yeah. hard while we're on this call. Like, Don, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if it if it liquidates people, that's going to be a great buy, right? Like, I'm not saying this is over. Um, I'm just saying, like, it, I'm leaning on the side of downside, even though I'm positioned against it. And uh, I mean, if this is the top, I'm going to be the saddest of us all. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, my biggest issue with the bearish people is they've been bearish since we broke all-time highs. So yeah. it's like, I can't listen to you objectively because you've been wrong 20K. the entire time. <laughs> so like, since what do we look at? all-time you know? highs and since like 1,400, you mean? Yeah, but I mean, more, more recently, more recently than okay. that even. Um, so um, yeah, I agree. Everything looks scary and iffy for sure. We just, we just need volume. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. Without volume we can do anything, which is, um, it's like idle hands or the devil's play thing or whatever the expression is. We, yeah. we can literally bar $10,000 up and down at this point with no volume, I think very easily. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to, I hope y'all will, um, enable me to look at some currency pairs like the Dixie. And then I want to look at the dollar Euro. Um, reason being the, uh, Dixie had like a pretty, I mean, this is a breakout of a multi-year range, right? So it's oh, the, uh, since September, 2020. Um, and that was after like a meltdown post COVID of the dollar. And I still tend to think this is probably a range trade, but um, this does have room upwards to like 97 or so on the Dixie. Um, even, even if it ranges for years and years. But what's interesting about the Dixie is, you know, it's a basket of currencies um, and when you look at individual currencies, what is, uh, kind of the driving force, I think is this Euro, uh, Euro USD pair is just getting waxed. So my question is, Don, what the heck is going in Euroland going on in, in, in Europe to be so weak against the dollar when the U S is being <laughs> like quite liberal with, uh, money printing and you know like infrastructure spend and all this stuff going on like how are y'all possibly still weaker than the dollar i mean i think we're pretty much doing the same thing like it always sounds like that's the funny part right about like politics is that like europe just copies basically what the u.s does <laughs> and then it's like people are like oh shit how does this move in the same way but it's like we're just copying you guys <laughs> it's not our fault i mean it's kind of our fault but it's like yeah um, so that's kind of like my interpretation, but honestly, like, it's not really my market. I, I have no idea. I mean, my euros and my bank are crying seeing this, but, um, and that's it's just something to deal with. I think in general, like markets are so out of whack that this doesn't even have to have a reason, right? The, the, the market is moving the way that seems most unreasonable, like most of the time these days, like it's, you, you look for the, like for the, the thing that is actually, that makes no sense at all. And you trade that way. And usually you make money with it in the last few months. It's just, it's the story of Jimmy. It's the story of AMC. It's the story with all the, like the Doge coins and the Shibas. Um, you just look for the most stupid thing to happen. And then usually it does happen nowadays. So no idea why it's happening, but yeah. It's just an interesting market because the the dollar's strong, gold's strong. Um, VIX is really low. I don't know if y'all pay attention to that. It's like at 16. Um, so there's a lot of mixed signals. And I, I, I think you have to pay attention to some degree of like what's going on in legacy markets alongside crypto markets. 
I just think that Bitcoin's grown up and it's part of that ecosystem now. I mean, this looks crazy. Like this is just, this is really on the S and P. This is a very low momentum, higher high, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But from 300 to 400 S and P looked just like ETH did, you know, it just <laughs> yeah. kept yeah. pushing higher. So that's why I think it's hard to predict the top there because if you're wrong, you're going to be really wrong for a long time, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's, what's, that, that's what might be weird about, uh, and obviously ETH isn't there yet, and Bitcoin eh, probably isn't there yet, but it's going to be weird as, as these assets do get bigger, as our monetary policy is very accommodative. Like, we have these all-time high breaks, but we're also used to is a huge break, a 15% pump or a 20% pump, and then some people expect a bark back down. Some people expect continuation. Like, how brutal will it be when Bitcoin's big? And sometimes we get like a 2% all-time high breakout, and that's it. <laughs> like, that's what the S&P has done for so many years. God, I hope that ETH and Bitcoin don't start doing that. I mean, it's not the worst way that we get a lot of all-time highs, but Look it's quick. just there's no trade. Well, that's why all these altcoins are popping off, right? They're yeah. cheaper yeah. To, to pump and dump, you know? Yeah, and there will always be significant volatility as you go down the curve in crypto. Like that's it's like trading the small caps or pink sheets mm-hmm. or whatever. You can find the same thing except much more available in crypto. I mean, if you look yeah. at to your point, uh, Luke Gold, it breached eighteen thirty, which was a monthly high in twenty eleven, uh, and now <laughs> it's been consolidating after that breach for like the entire year. Like gold bulls, this is the best gold chart has literally ever looked in a, over a decade to me. Um, yeah. it, other than when it broke out of its kind of bear range down here at 12, 1300. But if you look at it just from that sense, that's when Bitcoin bottomed and Bitcoin was a way better trade <laughs> than gold leaving its bear market. Uh, and stocks were a better trade. But compare, other than that, now is the best it's ever looked. Um, it does look good. So the question is like, where the heck do you put money? You know, like if you're a little nervous about crypto, your stocks look a little weesh. The dollar looks a little strong. Gold looks freaking fantastic. Like, is the gold you- maintaining buying power? Are we looking for significant upside? Like, what are we trying to do at this stage of life? I think we're buying AVAX. <laughs> because it's in price expiration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks fine on a monthly chart. Honestly, I think... I think the best play is partially, at least, uh, just lending stables at this point. Lending yeah. stables is just... You can earn if you're, 20 30%. <laughs> well, if you're um, you know, worried about downside or worried about whatever hedging, or you know, that's definitely an option for a lot of people. Josh, I, I'm glad you brought that up. It's funny. like that, that idea now and that possibility, which clearly wasn't built out like it is today, back in 2017, the 2018 top, like just having that option now, I think is going to save a ton of people of, look, you can move some of the stables, collect your yield, which is still way better than anything you're going to get in TradFi. Um, I think that's going to save a ton of people from going through the, but if I get, you know, just catch another 20 or 50% this year, um, I'll be good. I, I hope that some people, whatever point in the cycle, whether you do it today, whether you do it in a month or six months, I, I hope that that does save some people. Like I used to joke about farming stables like DJ Spartan does, but um, I, th- I think that that's like honestly probably a good choice for some people. If you actually like are DJ worried Spartan. or scared, just farm some stables. Like it's good return. I yeah, I mean, isn't that the dream? Like earning money yeah. on a non-volatile asset? Like yeah. Problem is I think you have to front run it. Like 
by the time everybody's like, oh yeah, we're in a bear market now, the yeah, there's yield <laughs> on those is going to be crap. So you have to, yep. you have to get out. It, like you may be farming stables when the market's still going up, you know? Yep. If, yeah. But right now I'm talking right now, as we sit here, as we live and breathe live here on YouTube right now, <laughs> farm stables <laughs> instead of look at those stables yields. They are crazy high uh, compared to where they were there. And like Luke said, TradFi is even looking to them, which is why stablecoin issuance is exploding because it's just, it's, it's a crazy, crazy return um, on non-volatile asset. You know what? That partially might keep, like, I think that's, that's a weird, it's really hard to measure. Um, but that also could like help to keep the bull market alive. Like Ledger, what you were talking about, there's so many people asking, what do I put money in? It's like, that's the easiest trade for a lot of TradFi. And it's, you know, the reason a lot of money keeps porting over is they want those yields. And as long as those yields exist, it's like, they're going to keep pushing up ETH and Bitcoin a tiny bit. They're going to pump a bunch into stables. And we're in this weird limbo of like, I don't know. Everyone wants to farm stables. Part of the reason I bring it up is because I just don't think there's very many good things to own. Um, and like crypto is still one of the most attractive to me. Uh, cause on a, on a total basis, it's still a relatively small market. I actually think Bitcoin and ETH are relatively underowned. Um, and I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I think I've been trying to think, where do I want to put my money? You know, like I've made good money this year. So where do I want to put it? Where do I want to preserve my buying power, maintain some upside? Um, and when I look around, I don't really want it in dollars. Like I, I don't care if the Dixie's going up on a relative basis. I think my pure buying power is going down when I look at um, real cost of, you know, things. And so I think we'll we'll continue to see money flow into firmer assets. I think that's Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think it's gold. I think it's real estate. I think it's dividend and earn, yield earning, you know, profitable stocks, whether it's oil stocks or whatever. Um, and that's why, like, to me, I think that something like a tri crypto that earns yield is attractive because you do have some dollars in there, but you're, you're minimizing your downside because it's kind of like you're DCAing on the way down, um, using those dollars, the way that the, those types of pools work and you're earning high APY while you're at it. And then farming some stables, uh, farming, doing some LP on, on whatever you're interested in, um, I feel like earning yield and maintaining some crypto exposure is a pretty attractive, pretty attractive trade. And that's, that's something that you can do without being all unstable. So you still get the upside of like Bitcoin and Ethereum go up, you know, cause I just don't think dollars will be very attractive long-term. I think that I, I think we're in for secular inflation and I want to own Bitcoin in that environment. Yeah. Let's just keep talking about sales. We're bouncing. I know. It makes me feel like, well, it just makes me <laughs> Don't stop. Like, keep going. It makes me feel like just dips are for buying generally, but we may also um, underestimate the size that dips can be. Um, so, like, I mean, ETH, ETH's key June's at 48. That's so, what, I'll buy 48 all day. You know, I'll four, put bids there right now. Wait, 48? Let's do it. 4800. Right? We're 46 right now. Yeah. Oh, my bad. 38. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't listen to me. I'm, I'm drunk on caffeine. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's to that's to to my point. Like, crypto people are going to be calling for the end if we have an 18 percent drop. But in fact, that's the that's the dip to really buy with strength. So. Yep. Thirty eight three seven seven seven. Mark my words. See you next week. Three seven seven seven.
if we drop if if if. i think that's a big if like i think we could i i don't think there's any man we could go to 4382 (laughs) the tip of the wick (laughs) you know like just Just all time all time high wick in may and that's where we're like all right we can go up now we had a few hundred dollars i just feel like this is a constant battle of like resetting funding realizing nobody wants to own fiat and buying cryptos some more yeah, I mean, I would love that. The The thing that worries me about that is that the OI just keeps on going up with with those kind of moves, right? Like you get like more and more people on leverage. Uh, like no one gets swiped out. People just add and add and add. And uh, I mean, OI is quite high in my opinion. So, I mean, I, it's just like, I would like to see that go. I just don't know how it can go with us just like going sideways but maybe people just get shaken out by funding for a while and then it keeps going up that'd be that'd be pretty nice yeah josh do you have that uh Mm -hmm. oi chart it used to be every time open interest got above like a billion it was time for a reset and i think now we're like multiples of that all the time yeah i don't have it readily available uh if you go to byb.com not sponsored but um you can search the oi there on futures we are many multiples above 1 billion, but it did used to be 1 billion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I pulled this up the other day on the old BitMEX chart uh, OI because that's the, that was my first thought. Like, when was the last time we were up here for this long? And it was definitely typically problematic in, in the top, right? Uh, but we are we're so far beyond that. And I think part of that is stablecoin issuance as well. Part of it, we're just bigger now than we were last time, you know? Mm-hmm. Even in March, this feels bigger to me than than then. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hopium. I'm dealing hopium. Am I crazy? To it, what wasn't it one billion or was it? No, Elijah, you're you're correct. So that report that you're referring to, Delphi wrote it, um, and I, I I don't know what year that was, but basically, if we spent like more than a week or two above one billion, there was a pretty big mean reversion move, usually to the downside, because you know everyone kept betting. It was it was the time when Bitmax was still huge, so everyone right. was using coin margin. Okay. So it was back you'd, here. You'd long your longs, and then when we got above a billion. You know they'd run the stops. Um, but yeah, the numbers are way way bigger now. <laughs> Obviously, because price went up though too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's not. But now, yeah. like Binance OI is six billion all by itself. Yeah, but a lot of that has to do with Bitcoin's price because like those calculations were during you know mm-hmm. it was really, it was like Bart season when that was a phenomenon. Yeah, you need to calculate it, I think, in, in BTC terms or ETH terms instead of uh, same thing with TVL. TVL is another one. Everyone's like, oh, TVL is at 55 billion billion. Well, yes, but so is the underlying. You know, the underlying is higher than it's ever been. The notional yeah. is going to be higher than it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that's no surprise. About 26 billion overall. <laughs> that seems big, though. <laughs> that's really high. What is too high? I'd be curious. I want to dig up that report now and see what the uh, what the coin margin OI was back then, or the coins OI. Well, you know what I find interesting about this chart is that when you, as long as the price is kind of, you see how it gets overextended. Am I looking at this incorrectly? But like when the BTC price is um, over it, it seems like it's. I don't know. I don't know how to interpret this. I'm trying to make it up on the fly. The Bitcoin price, <laughs> I think the price will always be above it. Yeah, but... It, well, okay. I see what you mean. It's like... Like it, it peaks, the OI, OI definitely also peaks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm not making any sense. Yeah, but I mean, that, that has me worried a little bit, but I mean, who knows how leveraged those people are, right? If they're on like 15, 20x, I mean, we can just have like a 5% drawdown and that's fine and they get liquidated and we can just keep on going up. Or maybe like, the, maybe this changed, right? Maybe it's time for everyone to win. Um, that'd be pretty nice, like change of pace. Yeah. Everyone gets rewarded for being a degen. Um, I like that idea. <laughs> Yeah, like you see we, how um, this is this one's a little clearer because it's just a single exchange. But when there's a, a dividing line between the price and the OI versus when it gets closer, um, the closer this line gets, the dicier it gets. Right? Am I making sense there? No. Okay. I think OI is reading OI for signals to me is worse than freaking <laughs> uh reading the ticker. I don't know. Uh, I've never, I've never had any success. Mike, with Mike that. in the chat is talking about, says the OI ratio to price, and that's uh, what I'm trying to visualize with just looking at this line chart. But it seems like it's in more danger when the when that ratio gets tighter. But anyway, yeah, I'm just talking voodoo. So, I mean, in general, like I wouldn't want to like short every time it gets to a number or whatever or makes a new all time high OI wise. Uh, but it's definitely something you can watch to kind of like gosh how everyone's positioned because you don't want to be in a situation where you buy the dip early when you have a bunch of leverage in the market mm -hmm. because usually then you just add in before everyone because the thing is like if everyone in the market is like 10x leveraged and you buy like a two percent drop right these people can still survive um and then if price goes lower you just add to the fuel and um that's something you want to avoid so yep I've, that's the only thing I would use OI and I mean it's in some sense even funding for um, like if funding gets really really high and you get like a, a signal that you should be getting out of the market then I would take that signal much more seriously and it's the same with like dip buying and OI being high um, you don't want to buy the dip early when OI is super super high because if you do it's easy to get run over with everyone else yeah I think that's I, fair warning I, I think the takeaway that we're all basically dancing around is none of us are adding up here right we're all waiting well i had, um i had uh margined at what was it 6200 right here yeah 6500 or whatever i had added uh well i was basically unmargined and i put um i put a little bit on here on the 12th so just a few days ago but i'm agreeing with y'all that like I think to your point, Don, like I'm definitely one of those people that I'll just let it go. You know what I mean? Like so if it hits certain spots, like I'm not going to sit there and bag hold that down. Um, but yeah, I would well, if, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you're on spot, uh, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned. Obviously, if you're on leverage, you need to pay more attention and be careful with that. But uh, not you just in general. Yeah. And I, I wonder if this is just this whole range since mid-October, um, all in the six, you know, high 50s and low 60s, if this is just like where people are building tons of leverage positions uh, that can then get puked. And that would be that would be kind of your best case scenario in terms of seeking that seeking that dip is you get something like that and you let go of most of the leverage that's in the market. Well, yeah, you want to be buying someone else's leverage margin call 100%. 
so you you know obviously you don't want to be the the margin call but i'm looking at DeFi borrow volume right now and it's kind of flat and slightly down from all-time highs it's not like exploding either that's something else to watch i think those on-chain liquidations play a much much bigger role in um price uh, than um like margined binance futures or something um i don't i don't necessarily know why that is but yeah like in may in may when we crumbled a lot of that was on chain liquidations from like snx maker uh, ave comp that sort of thing also imagine what happens with layer one eth fees like (laughs) and like this is all low volatility you know with high fees very very high fees and low volatility imagine what's going to happen to fees when people are like trying to collateralize their loans and stuff like that's very dangerous for the well yeah exactly yeah. 100% um fee and fees are also high because of shiva and all that other junk that's going on yeah yeah we could look at that actually yeah what's shiba doing is it dead uh not quite but ooh oh <laughs> i i hate when this goes up i know it's a little perky and that's scary Mm, I mean, it honestly, like, Shiba looks very, very, like, I've compared this before, but, like, Shiba USD looks like Doge did against Bitcoin when it mm-hmm. when it topped. So, you look at the daily. That chart looks Doge. phenomenal. Phenomenal. Where do I buy? Put me down. <laughs> yeah. so, 20 racks. 20 racks on Shiba right now. 20 racks. Chart looks amazing. So, you have, like, this high, right? You have the same here, like you you put these highs in. That's the best looking chart I've seen in in weeks, dude. And then you put in a low, put in another low here, and then but this one is like a little bit more constructive. And um, I mean, I think we're in for like this side of of the of the curve, maybe like up here, and then probably bleed back down. Shiva's moving a little bit faster, but I feel like it's pretty much doing the same thing and it makes sense right it's the same basically the same people um just sell those pops get liquidity oh, yeah and down you go but then again i could be wrong like shiba has surprised me before um i didn't really think it would actually have this leg in it so um i'm glad i'm not leverage trading this and if you think about it right like having this overhanging supply of this one shiba whale uh, it's just terrifying. Like, I don't see a reason why people are even like on the long side. Like, I'm surprised this isn't just getting completely blown to the downside. Because Bro, knowing it's less that, than it's a terrifying. penny. Let me have my long, okay? Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, there's a bunch of people um, that don't really know about all of that and don't really understand how it works. And I mean, that's a good thing, usually, as long as crypto is in the bull market. The moment it turns into bear market, it's going to be the worst coin to be in. But as long as crypto is in the bull market, I mean, maybe there's some hope for the Shiba people left. Um, but I wouldn't want to hold it. And I wouldn't want to leverage trade it on either side either. That's just not something I'd touch. Yeah, there's, there's not, I'm trading on a leverage. I mean, what's the upside to of like a dog coin that's already at, what is it, number 11 right now on, yeah. on coin market cap? It's like, what's the, what more, what more do you really want? Like, that is the definition of greed when you're like, no, this thing should be higher. It's like, uh, what are we at, like $25 billion it's worth? It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could go to the top five, I think. It's just the, the question sure. of yeah. like, 
do you really want to risk that? Is that like worth it? Um, that Shiva chart is what made me uh, close my uh, leverage positions while we were on the call. <laughs> while you are talking about it, I, I just I literally just closed Ethan BTC. <laughs> I'm now flat. So achievement unlocked. Scare Ledger out of his leverage it positions. Did, it did. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like whenever the people, like whenever the Shiba and the Dogecoin people wake up, it's like bad news nowadays. It's weird. Yeah. It just, the whole, through the conversation, I use this as like my live test bed of figuring out like what's the path of least resistance. And like, I definitely think we're going higher. I just think that the chances that we shake people out down, on the downside first are like really high. I just don't know what that downside is, you know, but it's a little, it's a little concerning to me when you look at ETH, for example, you have like all of these kind of down days, like somebody's just letting them have all the coins they want here, you know, and this is all, this is all Barry is Barry's. It's going to be a good week excitement days as well, which is concerning. Um, like that's when we moved up, isn't it? When Barry was, tweeting about it's going to be a good week and then everybody was like barry win win good week <laughs> uh you're saying you don't trust our god king barry silbert is that what you're saying i'm just i don't know what i saying. mean what was he planning with? like usually he's been a vague tweeter but he usually follows it up with something even if it's not the market reaction people want but he really didn't follow that up like was that really a troll I don't know. What I don't think it was. There? I think he was probably wrong. I think he expected something and it just didn't happen. But I'm not well, entirely sure. The market reacted after he said that. So I think a lot of people thought something was going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I think he did too. I'd be very surprised. I don't take him for a guy that would troll like that. No. Yeah. It's interesting. Because I mean, what was the last big thing he called? He said, you know, I'm going to buy VIX. I expect some crazy shit to happen in the markets that we can look. Yeah. And and then it did. Like he was right. It's just, I I don't think you win fading Barry too often. I'm very curious though what he thought was going to happen. Well, can we spend a little bit of time talking about what else is going on in the market? It sounds like based on our narrative so far, nobody's terribly interested in other altcoins, but there are some bright spots um there are some gems out there there are i mean avalanches <laughs> uh basically tested a hundred dollars several times uh, and looks pretty strong um certainly on the relative pair i'm sure it's very strong yep uh, we look at like avalanche. i can't buy that chart i just can't why not we like the avax i'll just have fun staying poor for now but look at this on the daily it's like looks fine it looks great and that looks like right. a constructive chart versus BTC to me. Um, are, are, is there anything else that looks as good as this? I guess maybe that's the way to ask. Solana. Solana is probably the only other thing. And then what? I mean, there's like hit hit or miss metaverse plays, but I don't know. Uh, dude, I had somebody IRL text me asking me about etc and metaverse coins. I'm like, really? That's what we're focusing on here? Why? <laughs> I mean, they are pumping, but I don't know. I think that's that's a little more hot potato, hot sector. I think the Soul and Avax and Luna, like those have been, it's been three or four months of this. They just keep going up. Look at Solana versus ETH. That looks yeah. pretty good. I don't like the Solana USD chart because it didn't do what I wanted it to do. I wanted it to do exactly what it's doing, just like $30 cheaper. <laughs> you know, like staying under its prior high, 
because then I'd be very bullish on this. Like if you just move all these candles down a little bit. Um, and I also was hoping that BTC would be basically in price exploration the whole time. That's about beef with all of this. It's just like, we just aren't going anywhere fast, you know, like everything's trying to pump and it's just like, you need new dollars after new dollars after new dollars. And then you go look at stuff. Remember when we were all bullish on, um, freaking Tezos at the top and it's just nothing, done nothing but sell off since on the relative pairs, it's back to the lows. Like where, where are our moves? Like there's no, like the market just is tired. Is it, is there a better way to say it than the market is tired? I think you said at the beginning, like everything's pumping, so nothing. So nothing is pumping hard. Has any push in it, you know? Just mm -hmm. like there's too many places to make that where people think they can make money instead of focusing on a few things. I think that's definitely part of the problem. I think, I, yeah, I really think liquidity is. I, I think. Like it's a weird problem to have, but it feels like for sure it's a problem. There's just no volume anywhere, it seems like, on anything. Yeah. Don, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's like, I don't know. The, I think the market does feel tired. Like, it's been running and running and running. Look at this. Like, we haven't, and I mean, we haven't really looked at this. Uh, like, we, you forget in crypto, but we went up from 2020, from 4K, basically, all the way to 60, almost 70K, right? It's a huge move. And the only real pullback that we've had was this like 30K pullback that immediately pushed price back up again. And I mean, it would make sense for the market to like, even if we hate it, and I think we all would, to actually like put in like a little bit of a sideways action here like this. I would fucking hate this um, for like a year or two, like just going straight up sideways in this range. Um, but it would make sense from like just a price action kind of point of view. And um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. It's not something that I hate, uh, that, I, that I hope for, but I wouldn't be surprised. So like I see the market right now as just being, being tired, like you said. And then either we get like a washout and giga moon, which I would like, um or just sideways for a while and i could see that happen too and then we'll see we'll see the next direction right if it breaks down it breaks down but i mean it would make more sense to break up at that point yeah it annoys me where it is now <laughs> really, <just laughs> i think annoyed. i think it annoys everyone it's like such a weird spot like chilling above all-time high makes everyone nervous i mean usually that's like something that i enjoy like everyone getting nervous and then just keeps on creeping up but it's not even doing that properly. <laughs> it's like, it's not annoying people properly. It's just, uh, it's starting to annoy me too. And uh, is, yeah. Is there anything that y'all like in uh, DeFi land or other stuff? Um, One last thing I'll say about the majors, the longer it does nothing up here, the more likely people are to do the wrong thing. So I love it. I'm just relishing in it. <laughs> <laughs> Let people make poor decisions while you have a trading plan and don't waver from that plan. Like see, that. My trading plan was to buy relative value and see if it outperforms. But when if everything looks kind of weak, then it makes me a little more nervous, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With regards to DeFi, I think like with ETH this high, like I'm actually surprised that DeFi isn't taking a bigger hit. And it's taking a huge hit, right? But it's like, 
how do you use DeFi properly if if you can't use ETH? And I mean, I know there are ways, but like in general, it's like not a good feeling, right? And uh, I think that's been pretty much like one of the main drivers. It's the same for the NFT bear market. I don't think we would have an NFT bear market if the ETH fees weren't this high. Like a shakeout, yes, but the bear market that it's gone through, yeah. I don't think so. Completely agree. It doesn't. It literally makes no sense to trade, to list, to accept an offer. I mean, it's it ruins the whole thing. Unless you're buying punks or apes, <laughs> everything else is too cheap. And punks, you pay the transaction fee, but you're not paying like royalties or anything else. So it's got a little bit of a better situation for the yeah. people trading those. Anything high dollar, like if you you know if you're doing something that's fifty grand or more. A three or four hundred dollar transaction fee is not the end of the world, but yeah, but that's like you know two percent of what DeFi and NFT traders. Yeah, for most normal people, it's not not fun. Um, if if you look at the BSC on chain stuff for the exchange and transactions and whatnot, it's actually doing amazingly well up here. Um, probably because everything is, is so expensive, but I don't think enough people like look at that closely. Uh, I don't like that it's popular, but it makes sense that it's that people use it, right? It's the cheapest thing to use. Um, somebody else was telling me like some random non-crypto people, like they find BSC and they find all these like alternative ways to trade. I don't know how they find, like how does Joe Schmo find BSC, you know? I, I, I don't know that answer, but uh, it's just kind of yeah. weird. I've learned, I asked some guys at hockey and um, they found out about uh, cake and other things. I think they found out about I don't know what it was, Shiba or Safeman. It was Shiba or Safeman, but they found out on Instagram. Really? Yeah, I guess, like an, I guess there's, an, there's a crypto Instagram out there somewhere. Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I know what I'm seeing in NFT land is that the stuff that's expensive is the only stuff that's trading. Um, like this is a list of some of the trending collections and the floor the stuff that with higher floors like greater than one eth floor is primarily things that are trading at all um other than doge pound this one's been funny the do the dog nfts are also uh <laughs> doing fairly well uh jimmy fallon uh promoted some board ape stuff um he changed his avatar to a board ape talked about looking at mutants and tracking large sales is, uh, has been mostly board apes and mutants and stuff is also what I've been seeing coming across. So there's still some trends in the NFT world, but I do agree. Like most people are just not, not trading very much. Um, and when they are, it's things that are like $50,000 or more. Yeah, and with the way that NFTs work, right, that's really bad. Like, you need people to trade NFTs because you don't really have support if if no one trades it. Um, there's not, like, buy support somewhere. It's someone actually buying into the floor that pushes price up or, like, keeps price up. And, I mean, if you have no volume, that's not happening. Yeah, so, that's what we've been running into looking at stuff for uh, Flip. It's like we have... You know, we have these uh, collections that we can feature or look at or whatever. And they all have these charts that are like summaries. <laughs> While we've been building and working on this stuff, it's like the volume bars are all decreasing. The prices are decreasing. And then it ticks up for like a day. And you're like, ooh, 
you know, somebody's going in there and actually transacting and doing stuff. But for the most part, you just, it's, it's decreasing volume, um, with decreasing floors, which is pretty bad because that's, a it's a beautiful cycle with NFTs, you know, like if your volume, if your volume goes down a lot, then your floors are probably also going to go down. And then, um, and then once there's this kind of battle over trying to find the new appropriate floor, it can be pretty nasty. Like it can be a pretty ugly process as it tries to find out what the true floor is. So it's been interesting for sure. Yeah, we've actually seen an uptick as well, right? In the last, like yesterday anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I think a lot of it's alongside the Jimmy Fallon stuff. Um, Alex Weiss, uh, or at least I saw that. mimicked that he was capitulating some NFTs. And I, I legit think some people went and started buying NFTs because he was capitulating. <laughs> well, I know that that, I mean, I don't think he was faking that because I like instantly I saw on the punk spot, someone did bid on his punk. Like yeah. a lot of people were firing on his NFTs. So maybe he was just trying to get liquidity, but. He's definitely selling. Like, I don't think that was fake. I don't think it was fake either, but the thing is only three or four people with a decent amount of money have to act on something like that. And then yeah. it kind of makes the whole market look like it's doing okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're definitely also seeing some accumulation in the NFT market. Like the, uh, the starry night capital fund has been buying a lot. Um, and you know, you don't need a lot of actors to have big, big impacts on the NFT market on the high dollar stuff. Yeah. It seems like, you know, whales always create a bottom, especially with altcoins. but it seems like NFT markets are like even more designed to, uh, it just reinforced that that narrative. Like there's so many tools and services and Twitter bots dedicated to this is, there's a large buyer in this project. You know, you should be looking at this NFT. Like that's almost the the root of, of what causes a lot of this action in NFT land versus with all, yeah, versus with all coins. It's like, sure, that causes some of it, but there's always, maybe there's a narrative attached to it too. Maybe there's a macro thing attached to it too. With NFTs, it's like, look, big buyer bought, we should buy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's all you really need. Yeah, it really depends. I mean, it's, it's an interesting market. I think that it's all probably part of, um, I don't, I think NFTs are well into their bear market. Like, I don't think the bear market's necessarily over. Um, but I think the, I think the bear market was front ran a little bit with NFTs, you know, like we talked a lot about the problems that were going to occur to people who weren't liquid at the end of the year. Um, I think a lot of them realized it and started capitulating, you know, (laughs) Yeah, because uh, it's going to be problematic. It's a tough thing, man. Especially when ETH keeps going up, it's it's pain. Even if you're bullish on NFTs, imagine being you know, if you're, if you're have more NFT exposure than you do ETH exposure. Even if ETH is going up slowly, it's like the most painful thing on earth. It's the exact uh, same feeling everyone had in 2018 or 2017 when you had alts, but Bitcoin was going up way faster, and your alt was like barely up that week. Yeah, 20, like it was the old up in USD meme. Yeah, yeah. The, fall, I, I, the fall of 2017 is what NFTs are doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I up in USD, it, down in Bitcoin. It's very, very similar in general. I think like most likely if this plays out like I expected to, I think we're probably going to see the exact same thing that happened in 17, 18 um, mm-hmm. with all coins happen to NFTs. I think we're pretty much doing the exact same cycle. Um, but it's, and, it's ETH and NFTs, not BTC and alts. Yes. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, 
like i i'm not a big nft kind of guy like it's just i'm i'm basically just trading them if anything like i'm not in it for the art i don't really care about the art i don't care about like in general all of that stuff wow dude um but like yeah I think there's there's gonna be great opportunity there as long as the crypto market doesn't just disappear into like in a bear market again um so if like if you're betting on the crypto bull market to continue for another half a year or year i think you should be looking at nfts um as they head lower and lower to kind of get into something that you actually like think is pretty cool like with like the tiny amount of your funds i wouldn't do like all in at all with the <laughs> nft space but i think it's like an interesting area to look into especially for the new people like it's basically we did what the nfts do with icos back in in the day right like we bought yeah. into icos got like 10 15 20x straight up the bat i think it's pretty much gonna be like relatively similar at some point again um not entirely sure if, if it's gonna end up the same as the ico boom which was just like it's not really happening anymore shit went to zero basically but i could see that too like with most of the nft stuff that I, once the cycle is through it's gonna go to zero i look at but, i look at ringers and fidenzas and some of the blue chips almost every day and then i look at um I look at some of like my preferred art blocks stuff that's not as expensive as well. And what I found is that like ringers and fidenzas and stuff are already down like 50% or more relative to ETH. And then some of the others are down like 80% or more, um, like 80 to 90% in, in ETH terms now, right now, like off the top. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's within art blocks. Um, there are some standouts, like a lot of the metaverse driven stuff is still doing pretty well. But like the, the blue chip art stuff is it's well into its bear market for sure. It's been interesting to watch. And I think I think they're I think I'll probably be able to buy a ringer like sub twenty ETH, um, which would be eighty percent off its off its highs of underneath floor. Ledger, I'm surprised you're looking at ringers and not just accumulating more fluffs. I did see some announcements coming out of the fluff <laughs> world team lately. <laughs> uh fluffs Fluffs are rocking. I don't want. That's what I'm saying. Aren't they actually doing good? I'm not even like trying to joke. I, yeah, no. I actually heard they were doing well. They're doing very well. It's a. Uh, it is a metaverse play. Um, yeah. So the fluff world is going to be for a metaverse. But I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna show my bags. But um, <laughs> well, I had to bring it up because I saw. I just these recent announcements, and I actually saw like they were getting a ton of hype. They're moving into the metaverse. I mean, it's kind of like the perfect. I, that's awesome when you have a, a position or something that like actually makes the right moves and can keep up with the trend. It's, it's good to see like a competent team. I don't have any fluff, by the way. I'm not trying to yeah. pump my bag. I think but it would surprise been... people. Like the one month volume is over 1500 ETH, you know? Yeah. And I was looking at this morning. It's, I was, I was uh, shocked how well it's doing, but yeah, I don't know. Freaking fluffs, man. Pump Make the bags. right moves. What if I, what if I actually win? <laughs> <laughs> I think you might with that. I mean, you, yeah. I think it's still terrifying to me, but I'm crossing. I like the music. Just... I think if you take if you take the bunnies out of the equation and like you imagine fluffs as like a different animal, like imagine them as puppies, they'd probably yeah, but, be a very very attractive project to most people. And but they're but they're not. They're, they're life size bunnies, <laughs> and know, they look real. You know, bunnies they, are the most popular pet in Asia. So they look like furries. <laughs> Furries are bullish. 
was there a furries drama know. recently? We don't we don't need it in the show on furries. I got made fun of at my company oh, God. for the entire <laughs> for the entire week. My team just trolled me about fluffs, so <laughs> I'm used to it by now. Well, you get the last up. laugh, man. Yep. You're growing up. Yep, we'll see. All right, what else do we want to finish on? Predictions a week from now, higher or lower? Ooh, same price. Same price. <laughs> Sixty four three ten. Yeah, I think I probably, I think I probably sold close to the lows on on that margin position, but I just the price doesn't support it. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say lower a week from now. I don't want it to be the case. I'm gonna still be in, but on spot. But I'll say lower. I say lower as well, but not much. Um, I think like in the sixty k region, hopefully. Um, and I'd be more than happy if it actually went the other way. Because like if this candle actually gets green and goes higher than the other one that we've had last week, actually starts looking very parabolic to me. So hoping for that, but I mean expecting kind of like 60k-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I've I have no idea. I'm not gonna try to guess these uh this this market that just climbs half a percentage today, but I do think that AVAX will be higher. Full disclosure, I may or may not be long at AVAX. I like that. You show flush for me, show AVAX for yourself. That's how it should be. I mean, it's going up. It's going up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. You can catch a replay of the show uh, at weeklyopen.com. But go download FTX if you hadn't done it before. Make a trade there. You can earn yield like Josh was talking about up to to, uh, 8% to $10,000. Weeklyopen.com slash FTX. Track your portfolio there as well. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you later.